welcome to The Self-Made Theory, the podcast that's all about innovating, overcoming and prospering. We interview founders, entrepreneurs, innovators, CEOs and other exciting people about their amazing business journey. Over to your host, Ben Campbell, for this week's episode. as a kid when you used to sit back and think about what you wanted to be when you grew up? Maybe you wanted to be a fireman or a policewoman or an astronaut. Well, my guest this episode, Lloyd Damp, the CEO of Southern Launch, is fulfilling a childhood dream of launching rockets into space by building a rocket launch facility here in South Australia. It's a pretty fascinating story. And we learn through his journey that sometimes just sitting around having a drink with mates can launch, see what I did there, some great business ideas. And that maybe it's time to look back into your city's history and see what your city used to do 40 years ago that can be reinvented and done again today. We talk about the importance of the role of government in providing foundational support for industries like the space industry, the challenges faced when you're doing something completely new, and that finding your niche is important in every industry. My name is Ben Campbell, and this is The Self-Made Theory. Lloyd, welcome to The Self-Made Theory. Oh, thanks, Ben. Thanks for having me on. It's a pretty exciting time here in South Australia in the space industry at the moment, <laughs> and you're intimately involved in that. Can you give us your elevator pitch about Lloyd and Southern Launch? Sure. So it's a bit easier if I just give it to you for uh, Southern Launch. So um, you know how everyone wants satellite-based information. And all of that satellite information comes from, well, rockets that have got the satellites into space. Now, in the world today, that is a $30.1 billion industry over the next eight years just to get the satellites into space. Wow. So over the next couple of years, there are 85 companies worldwide developing these small lift launch vehicles to get the satellites into space. So you and I can do our FPOS, we can stream Netflix, and we can know what uh, the weather is going to be like tomorrow. So at Southern Launch, we are developing one of the world's best uh, multi-user launch facilities here in South Australia so that a number of these 85 companies can come to South Australia and launch rockets into orbit. The site that we have has been selected specifically so that it doesn't launch out over delicate marine environments, it's far away from population, yet it's close enough that the facility will have access to airports and harbors and uh, and all the skill set that we have across South Australia. So that's what Southern Launch is doing in a nutshell. That's pretty cool. Probably the, the thing of most kids' dreams is <laughs> launching rockets into space. Definitely my dream. I, yeah. I launched that's a few true. things out of my backyard uh, when I was a kid, but, uh, but I think uh, there's a lot of people that would be uh, – uh, probably very interested to hear how oh. this is developed. <laughs> so your accent doesn't say, I'm from South Australia. No. Tell, tell us a bit about your personal background. So uh, I, I grew up in a in a tiny town in South Africa, actually. It was um, 
I think the whole town had a population of about 3,000. Mm-hmm. And in the center of the town was this beautiful forest. Um, um, anyway, so it was out by the, the east coast of Africa, or South Africa rather. And um, I lived there for most of my pre-adult life until I was 18. And uh, my parents uh, decided to, to move to Australia. Uh, the the violence was was getting quite atrocious. You know, I'd been shot at a couple of times. Oh, gosh, um, friends of ours had been murdered. Or anyway, um, and an opportunity came for the family to pack up and move. And um, and so we moved from this town with a you know three thousand people and a beautiful forest in the middle <laughs> to Wyala, which. Um, uh, was a bit of a shock to the system. Uh, so for those that don't know where Wyala is, it's <laughs> about four hours' drive north of Adelaide. Can you explain what Wyala was like at the time as a kid? Red, because uh, back then, so it, it's a iron ore processing town primarily, uh, and there's there's a big iron ore mine up, or what was that, north, west of, of Adelaide. Sorry, west of Wyala, and all the raw iron ore would be trucked into into Wyala on open-top uh, trains. So the dust from that from, from those trains would just cover everything. <laughs> One of the big laughs that we had was that they built a Harvey Norman, and uh, instead of painting the building white or some other ca- color... Which is their corporate color. Yep. Yeah. They painted it uh, like more a salmon color because they knew that that's what it would end up being after about you know six to twelve months so but uh, the other thing that that shocked us was um uh in the town where i grew up it was very very humid so think uh think queensland Cairns style weather you know lots of sugarcane plantations and in that first year we had 16 days in a row where the daily temperature was above 40 degrees. This is in Wyala. In Wyala, yeah. Where the heat is very dry. Oh, my goodness. It, 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 we didn't know what was happening. So <laughs> we were very, very naive. But it, 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 um, it, it was the first time I'd been taken totally out of my comfort zone. Needless to say, I, I had a job in, in Wyala, which I didn't really enjoy. So I went to university in Sydney. That was another huge shift, you know, suddenly from living uh, close with my parents my whole life to moving to Wyala uh, for six months and then moving out of home and to Sydney was big shock to the system. And what did you study in, in university? Uh, my undergrad was actually in, um, don't laugh, uh, it was in space engineering. Uh, so it was a tiny course, a very, very small class size at uh, the University of Sydney. And then I uh, uh, decided to do a master's as well. So I did that in aeronautical engineering. So, so did you have a passion as a kid? Like, you know, why did you decide to do space engineering? I really liked a challenge. I always grew up, I was very fortunate to grow up in and around aircraft. And so that's what I knew. So that's what I applied for at the University of, of, of Sydney. And uh, space engineering was an in, invitation only course. And I got an invite to it. No, why not? Always been a bit of a joke in the family somehow that I got in. So uh, I w- went with it. Um, yeah, and you know, everything that, that followed from university has, has been because of that, that. I love that challenge and going fast and uh, pushing the boundaries of science. That, that all really excited me. So um, after university, I was supposed to go around the world, but I, I, uh, I got a job at DST that I couldn't turn down. So it's uh, 
Defense Science and Technology Organization designing and analyzing weapons. So, um, so that's a, an Australian government agency. Yes. Uh, with a big base here in Adelaide. Yes, I think there's 1,200 uh, scientists and engineers up at Edinburgh. Mm-hmm. And um, then oh, about 18 months ago, along came the idea for Southern Launch and trying to tap into this huge market. That so where did the idea come from? Well, I was, I was sitting around uh, having a beer with some European mates who are in the rocket launch business, and they were bemoaning the fact that, you know, there's all these companies building rockets, and uh, they have nowhere to launch them from. And uh, <laughs> That's not something you can launch from your backyard. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And uh, there's a whole bunch of companies and countries out there developing facilities in Europe, and they were all bemoaning the fact that they – either can't uh, gain access to the ranges or the ranges aren't actually in the optimal position to put their satellites into orbit. I jokingly, so we were down on on the River Torrens, and I jokingly just, you know, flippantly just waved my hand and said, oh, you should just uh, launch from south of Adelaide. (laughs) And the German who was sitting next to me almost spat out his beer. He was like, oh, my gosh, you're right. If you can organize that... You know, you will just capture the market. It it just makes such good sense, and um, because South Australia's got quite a history oh, yes. uh, in in you know rocket launch, you know capability, um, yeah. both uh, you know, places like Woomera, oh yeah, um, and then even further north, uh, we've yeah. got some history there. <laughs> around nuclear testing, et cetera, atomic testing? Well, if you um, if you go and read up what they were doing at Woomera, they were launching rockets. I think they were launching uh, Skylark rockets five times a week. And it, these are pretty big rockets. And then uh, that's where Australia, we launched uh, RESAT, so Weapons Research Establ- Establishment, which was the precursor to the Defence Science and Technology Organization. They built and launched a satellite 51 years ago and then the Brits came along and launched uh, the Prospero satellite also from Woomera I think 47 years ago so Woomera is a really interesting place I've been up there on my way to to Kubapedi yeah uh, which is also a fascinating place (laughs) and it's like it was back in the 60s it's really cool it's a really cool place and lots of history up there with lots of uh, rockets and and other things for people to see so yeah yeah. Mm. I think at that the the peak of its operations there was a uh, 1,200, oh no, it's about 2,000 people there actually. Mm. And now I think it's down to about 150 just to maintain the town. Yeah, okay. Um, but you can see what happens when when rockets come to town, so to speak. It's a huge influx of people just to, to keep everything going and jobs everywhere and people pushing the boundaries of science and, oh, I get excited. <laughs> so 80 months ago, you're sitting around having a beer, coming up with yep. an idea. Everyone yep. thinks... Wouldn't that be great? Yep. Who decides then to go and build a rocket launch facility? Oh, jeepers. Uh, three cheers to Google Maps. Because after the discussion, I, I sort of went, oh, you know, what what on earth is, is this fellow talking about? And picked up Google Maps and, and had a look around and went, you know what? It's it's actually possible. And um, so at why is it possible? What what did Google Maps give you <laughs> or show you that allowed you to decide that it was possible? Yeah, yeah. So there's um, there's a couple of ingredients that you need to put together a rocket launch facility. Um, 
And it's a bit like, well, it's like property, location, location, location. And um, so you need a facility that's, uh, that if there's anybody living nearby or everyone lives in the opposite direction that you want to shoot the rocket. So in our case, we want to shoot the rockets north. So we have to find a location where everyone's, uh, sorry, we want to shoot them south. So everyone has to be to the north of the facility proposed facility and you need to be right close to the water so that the rockets go immediately out to the away from the land and you need harbors and airports and all those things close by so you can bring in this high technology um, and very very important is you need to be on a on a peninsula or on a piece of land that you can cordon off so that people can't inadvertently, you know, find themselves between a rocket and and the ocean or close to where you're doing preparations and things like that. So, um, and the other key thing was that because my family all you know, uh, lives in South uh, South Africa, I spent a lot of time in aircraft flying from Sydney or Adelaide to Perth and then or Sydney to South Africa so I know that where the air routes are in in that whole area and it turns out that below South Australia we have very little shipping very little air traffic and uh, at the tip of the the air peninsula you have all those location specific ingredients to make a um, a launch facility possible so uh, when you decided that there was a golden opportunity here, did you wonder why no one else had thought of it oh, before? Damn right, I did. <laughs> I was like, "Am I am I actually missing something? Is is there uh, some thing that I'm just not taking into account?" And um, so, what I did was, I went and I spoke to a whole bunch of trusted individuals, just going, "What am I missing?" And everyone went, "Geesh, you seem to be right." <laughs> I can promise you it didn't make me feel any better. Um, <laughs> you still wonder what what am I missing? So, yeah. But no, um, uh, we, we've now validated the business model and we've got a whole bunch of customers lining up. So, uh, yeah. So imagine there's not just vacant land sitting around. How do you determine you know whereabouts, which land, what's available, who am I going to talk to, lease from, <laughs> buy from, etc. Well, uh, once again, you, you, you're going to laugh, but Google Maps, hey? So searched around with Google Maps and made contact with Regional Development Australia. And they were able to put me in contact with a whole bunch of uh, landowners and uh, different government bodies. So, you know, it's not all freehold lands. So it's not all individuals who own the land, um, say, down at uh, the Air Peninsula. There's companies and and government boards and so through a whole bunch of discussions we then found the right place so uh, yeah so are you still working at this point or had you decided that this was a this was a full-time gig no so about four months ago or probably yeah four months ago this uh, this became my only full-time gig so prior to to taking the jump across i was still working as a as a senior engineer up at uh, Defence Science and Technology Group. Wow. So uh, I was working full-time there and full-time for Southern Launch, and <laughs> it just got too much. But So where do the customers come from? How do you find a customer to launch a rocket? <laughs> well, I, I, what I can say is uh, 
our customers are we've got one letter of intent from an Australian, so a domestic manufacturer, mm -hmm. and we've also gone to the Europeans. Uh, as you can imagine, Europe it's not very big. Uh, you know, to the north of Europe is uh, Iceland, Greenland, America, Canada, uh, Russia. So they are quite constrained in launching into what's known as polar and su or sun synchronous. Orbit. So this so is those um, countries don't want you launching rockets over there. No, yes. no, no, no. So w went to Europe, but I've been to Europe a hang of a lot of times um, uh, since going full time, only full time with Southern Launch. Just talking to manufacturers, and it's been fantastic. Mm. They've, they are. So. Yeah. Wow. So where are the other you know, popular launch facilities sure. uh, around the around the, the world? Well, the one of the the best out there at present is our dear friends over at Rocket Lab over in New Zealand. So they have a facility on the North Island that uh, just, I believe, this last weekend they shot um, uh, 16 NASA CubeSats into orbit. So it's a fantastic example of a very, very small launch facility that uh, shoots these their, their electron vehicle, which is, I think, 17 meters tall. So it's a good example of what it is we're aiming to do here in uh, in uh, at Whalers Way in South Australia, uh, but around the world there's bigger locations for bigger rockets, uh, places like uh, Vandenberg Air Force Base in California. They shoot some big rockets out there. The Indians have a facility where they they shoot their uh, Polar Space Launch Vehicle PSLV. I'm just trying to think off the top of my head. Then there's a couple of proposed areas. So the Portuguese are proposing a facility on the Azores in the middle of, well, not really the middle of the North Atlantic, but it's surrounded by air and maritime traffic and it's very, very small. Um, the Scots have a facility that they're looking at, at building, but it's, uh, you've got, you know, what, what's it? Iceland. To the north of you, and Russia just over the horizon, and um, mm. um, it's very cold. Yeah, good whiskey, but very cold. So uh, <laughs> it's no, it's no air peninsula. No, no, exactly. So, uh, so with the types of rockets that you're uh, planning to launch, is there a particular size limitation, you know, etc. Yes. that uh, that makes sense for uh, for your for your facility and for, yes. for Australia? We always have to find a niche market. And the big rockets that take tons of payload to space and, you know, it's um, uh, huge safety corridors and specializing. No, 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 no. Those facilities already exist, right? If, if you're going to build one of these $100 million vehicles, yeah, that's that's not for Australia from the technology base that we're at. Well, plus you have to get it here. Oh, my goodness. You have to ship it here yes. and, and all its payload yes. and then assemble it here before you can launch it. Yeah, right? yeah, so. yeah. So, it, it, you know, why bring a, a, a Falcon 9, which is a SpaceX-sized rocket, 70 metres tall? The, the logistics to do that are incredible. So rather what we're doing is um, we're tar targeting rockets that are, you know, maximum 25 27 meters tall that that's big for us uh, some of our customers rockets are all the way down at about 10 meters tall um, that you can literally throw in the back of a shipping container and ship out to australia and wheel it out and put it on the launch pad and off you go because they are so small and and for a lot of people, they'll think that's still big. The amount of propellant that those rockets take is um, smaller than a than a tanker of petrol that you see being being carted around in a truck. They take, you know, 
between 50 and say 400 kilograms of satellites so there's a real niche that we we as australians can jump on board so to speak and 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 satisfy the market mm. desire yeah. so a number of people will have will say that australia has you know, been a laggard over the last you know 20 or 30 years you can go back earlier than that and say maybe <laughs> not but in the last you know 20 or 30 years and there's been a growing Certainly in South Australia, it's a growing industry uh, yes. supporting the space, you know, space industry, you know, everything from IoT around, etc. We now have an Australian Space Agency. All of, uh, well, it's soon going to be, what, maybe 300 metres away 300 from where? 300 metres from where we are. So we're, we're in ThinkLab. We're in ThinkLab, um, yes. How important is having, A, an Australian Space Agency to start with, and then B, having it located here in South Australia? Oh, I think having an agency is, is definitely the right thing, you know, right, right place, right time. Because for a company like mine, uh, being a bit selfish here, but uh, trying to broker all those international uh, relationships, uh, umbrella agreements, country to country, um, that that's you know what a space agency does. So now that we have one. That was one of the precursors for Southern Launch being able to do what it what it wants to do. So, if there wasn't an Australian Space Agency, would Southern Launch exist? It would be. It would probably still exist, but we wouldn't ne- be as far along as we are. It would mm. be a lot more difficult, I would imagine. So, I'm I'm really looking forward to, um, you know, the Australian Space Agency. They are. Um, that they, they want to be the world's most industry focused agency. So, um, this is. This is just bring it on. Bring it on, indeed. <laughs> so, how do you fund building a, a launch facility? Uh-huh. What's it called? Is it called a launch facility? Yeah, launch facility, launch complex, um, ah, launch site. There's it, it changes. <laughs> I had um, I had Richard Branson had uh, in the, I think it was just in the in the news just recently is, is, is saying you know if I need to build a, a third <laughs> a third location you know maybe I build it in South Australia given what's happening down there yeah I think he calls them spaceports which yes. is a bit out of sounds a bit out of science fiction but yeah hey I, I like it I, I think there's there's something around you know if you can do horizontal launch which is you know strap your rocket underneath a uh, an aircraft and drop it off then it becomes a spaceport. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. No, don't. So, hey, yeah, so how do you fund? How do you fund a f- building a facility like that? Oh, a lot of blood, sweat, and tears. Mm. So, um, so we've been just working off internal capital for the last few months. Um, and we're slowly getting contracts in and negotiating equity. That's um, we've we've been very lucky in that the the business model we we are putting forward actually links together. The end users, which is the satellite operators and the satellite manufacturers, all the way to the launch facility. So we've had quite a few companies come on board and um, propose to put in equity into Southern Launch because they can see the benefit to them being able to, say, launch satellites into space from our facility. But it's it's tough. It's uh, you know it's uh, a lot of talking, a lot of presentations, a lot of uh, understanding. The business and 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 understanding the market, and I imagine it's because it's so new. Oh. It's not like someone can go, well, actually, yeah, I've seen this happen before yes. in Adelaide or in New South Wales or somewhere yeah. else. So it's a replicable model. This is brand new. Oh, and 
overcoming the uh, just the, the standard inertia around we can't do high technology has been has, has been a real challenge because a lot of people go well the most complex thing south australia ever did was build cars and go hang on a moment we do so much more exactly. than that it's just just not talked about and that's what this podcast is all exactly. about exactly. telling so stories like that <laughs> thank you ben for your time no 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 <laughs> You know, I mean, it, it's going to be quite funny. We, you mentioned the Australian Space Agency, but the Australian Space Agency is going to be moving in uh, next door to Mariota, who are developing ultra-low-cost Internet of Things satellites and, oh, you name it. Mm. We right? interviewed uh, Alex. Fantastic. Uh, about 10 or so episodes ago. Oh, good. Oh, and, good. Uh, well, and, and about oh, not even 100 meters from us here is where Innovore uh, does all of their satellite research and development and manufacture, um, you know, and that's just two within the space of you know, 400 meters of us right here. And for those that don't know Adelaide, we're actually right in the CBD, <laughs> in the city of Adelaide. We're not out in the in the boonies, you know, 50 yeah. kilometers away. We are right in the heart of the Adelaide CBD. No, so it's um, there's so many interesting things happening, uh, even here in Think Lab. This part of the reason why we're here. It's just I get really inspired by just having a coffee and speaking to some of the other people in and around um, what they're doing and what they're able to achieve. You know, so it's 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 really inspiring. I think. So if you can cast your cast your mind forward a few years, three, four, five years. What would put a big smile on your face? Oh, to me, if in two years' time there's a, a rocket thundering off to space, you know, that, that I had some small part in, in helping that achieve. But it's not just that, to be honest. It, it would be looking around and seeing a whole bunch of young adults, young kids watching the launch and going, you know what? I want to be a part of that future in some way, shape, or form. I want to be an engineer, a scientist. I want to, uh, you know, do construction work for the space industry. They're, I want to see kids being inspired, becoming the best they can be. Mm. Oh, that, 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 that to me. And, 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 if, and space and dinosaurs, those are the two things that really excite kids. And if I can get space out there and, Make it an everyday thing for for young kids. Oh, so I have a teenage lad. Fantastic. Uh, and I imagine there are a few other uh, teenage <laughs> lads that listen to this and ladies. Um, what advice would you give a high school student, given that you've been yep. on that journey, what advice would you give a high school student if they want to be involved in the space industry? Work hard, but challenge every preconceived idea that, that you have and find something that you're passionate about. Find something that you're passionate about and that you can work with other people on to realize because, you know, a lot of, say, engineering or actually anything out there, it's not a single person who does all the work and achieves all the greatness. It's a team. So, um, yeah, learn to work with other people and just go for gold. Believe in yourself. Believe in yourself and you can do it. So what's happening in the university space here in Adelaide to support the space industry? So you mentioned that you had to go to New South Wales. Yep. Is there much happening in the university space here? Well, um, just recently, the Australian Youth Aerospace Association started up a rocket competition 
called the Australian University's Rocketry Competition. And you'll be very happy to know that, that the, the main uh, person who, who had the great idea to put it all together and, and is now making it all happen is, uh, is a university student and uh, from South Australia. And I think it's February next year, a whole bunch of teams from across Australia and even New Zealand will be off to Queensland to launch their rockets. So the universities have got behind rocketry in a big way and are supporting teams to design, build, fly rockets. I mean, how awesome is that? That's really um, awesome. And this is just in its first year. So, uh, um, oh, you know. Watch out. There, there's going to be all sorts of uh, experiments and, and, and novel things coming forward. <laughs> it is a super exciting time to be in industry in Australia and in South Australia. Oh, yes, and yes. I can't wait to see what happens here over the next three or four years. Yeah, fantastic. And I'm super excited about what uh, you're doing. Thanks, And uh, congratulations on not only achieving a childhood dream... Oh. But really uh, promoting just a, a new a new business, a new industry in South Australia. And uh, I'm really excited that you're part of it. So, yeah. Oh, thanks so much. Yeah, well done. Thanks so much, Ben. Much appreciated. Cheers. Thanks. What an inspiring story from Lloyd. It's a testament to when you have a great idea that you need to be bold and bring it to life. If you want to find more about this episode, then jump on our website, www.theselfmadetheory.com. By the way, we have a totally new website, so go and check it out. It has lots of goodness in there, all the podcast episodes plus our blog, along with a recommended book reading list for leaders. Hey, what did Harry Truman say? Not all readers are leaders, but all leaders are readers. Plus some info about my business coaching, mentoring and advisory practice. Until next time, keep innovating, overcoming and prospering.